Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of Network Collective. Yes, this is the super lucky 13th episode. Now, today's episode is going to be a little bit different than what we typically do. Uh, there's no guests with us today. It is just Phil, Yvonne, and myself. So in this episode, we're going to be taking a look in the mirror, warts and all, discussing some of the things that we may say or do as engineers that, well, maybe we should reconsider. So you have about 15 seconds to settle in, grab yourself a drink, and get comfy, because we're about to get started. All right, I want to start with a bit of a disclaimer today. Um, you know a show is good when you have to start with a disclaimer. <laughs> right. So first, we're going to be talking about a lot of trends and generalities today and what you might call stereotypes. We fully understand these don't apply to everyone. Maybe none of them apply to you, in which case, awesome work. Keep it up. I think it's safe to say that some or all of these have applied to us at least at one point or another, though. These are things that we just see happening over and over again in our industry. So we're going to take this opportunity to have a conversation about them and hopefully move the ball in a positive direction. So without any more introduction, interruption, or disclaimer, let's get to the first topic. I wanna to talk about ego. So when it comes to engineers, ego is really, really interesting. Uh, and the first thing around ego that I think we wanna talk about is this idea of hero mentality. Yvonne, do you have any experience in around hero mentality? I think it's interesting that you looked at me, Jordan, when you brought up <laughs> ego. <laughs> yes, there's, no, like, there's no statement in that. Now, come on. I know. I think I know. it's more interesting that you didn't look at me. <laughs> but anyway, for what it's worth. Uh, yeah, early in my career, um, I really struggled with that hero mentality. I think part of it was I worked in an organization that valued it. Um, they made a big deal about the fact how that, that they didn't pay anybody sal salary, that they paid them hourly because they wanted to pay them for the hours that they worked, and they expected you to work 50 well, that's or different. 60 hours a week. Yeah, it is. Um, so you got paid for it, but at the same time, there was this cultural expectation. Um, I was young. I was female. I didn't fit the, the, the standard picture. And so I really felt like I had to prove myself. Um, and early on, I started off as a web developer. So more Linux, web servers, LAMP stacks. And I mean, I, I wouldn't go get a, a package to install LAMP. I would like install it myself because my way was the way. And of course, if I did it by hand, then I could be sure it was done right. No, isn't some um, of that? Isn't some of that? I want to stop here for a second. Isn't some of that good though? Sometimes understanding the underlying, right, and kind of taking the hard path is a good thing. Why do you? Why do you bring that up as a hero mentality thing? Uh, because for and this is back in the day, right? All the servers were physical; they weren't virtual. But we had we had four Linux servers that did uh, DNS and web hosting. And instead of making all of those exactly the same with some sort of package management. Um, mm -hmm. I did them. I did them by hand, which meant that there were slight variations and there were slight errors. And frankly, I just wasted a bunch of time um, because there wasn't there wasn't any value add out of what I was doing. But for me personally, as a you know twenty two year old, it, it felt like I was accomplishing something and that it, it, it gave me value and added value to the company. And of course, I realize now that that's not the case. Um, but I think sometimes we want to have our hands too deeply in it when there are tools we could use. We almost feel like using a tool to simplify or to automate or to 
consolidate is is cheating and gonna, it makes us lesser. I want to add something to your list, support. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I've I found a, a, a huge um, hesitancy to call support. Personally. Oh, yeah. Like I, yep. I, like I want to solve the problem. I can figure this out. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not going to stump me. I'm going to get it. And the reality is, is that, you know, sure, I probably can figure it out. It's going to take me 40 hours. Whereas if I'd called the tech engineer who's seen this 3000 times, it could solve it in 20 minutes. Yeah. So, you know, I, just to not to not to derail your statement there, but I think support belongs in that list as well. So by hero, do you do you when you ask your question, Jordan, correct me if I'm wrong. Hero would be somebody who uh, wants to save the day and get the job done on their own, doesn't want to reach out for support and wants to go above and beyond to get noticed and all those kind of things. Is that what we're talking about here? I think so. Um, that, that's kind of how I've seen it. How, well, okay. let, me, let me let me be a bit more transparent about that. That's kind of who I was. I uh, still am at times, just to be sure. honest. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I think that, uh, you know, we, we look up to, to people who can get things done and we look up and we want to be able to be seen as competent and we want to be able to prove ourselves, all the things that Yvonne said. Yeah. And uh, it's hard sometimes to do that. Um, and, you know, there's this mentality of pick yourself up by the bootstraps, you'll figure it out as you go. And while sure, that may be true. And yes, you can do that. It may not be the best possible way for the company. It may even not be the best possible way for your career. And so, yeah, it's that hero mentality that kind of gets in the way. Now, I mean, there's a balance here, right? Because you do need to have competence and you do need to have some level of independence. So there's, you know, there's something about finding a balance, right? That's got to sit in the middle. Yeah. But, uh, but I think we see hero hero culture was interesting that, that Yvonne brought up her company who encouraged that. I've seen that as well. Like, you know, <laughs> the the places that need 10 people to operate, but operate with six, because that's yep. just the way that it is. And then the yep. six all stand up because they don't want to be the one left holding the bag, right? Sure. They don't want to be the one, the reason why things failed. And so then they work and they do the work of 10 people and it all succeeds. And guess what? That gets ingrained. Yeah. Uh, the, the culture then becomes that. And so I, I think it's a problem. I see it all the time. Mm-hmm. My experience. And really... I was just going to say there's a really significant negative consequence from that behavior long term, though, and that is your team as a group doesn't learn to think strategically. They're always in uh, react mode, fight or flight. I'm an adrenaline junkie. I want the rush of jumping in there in the middle of the night and fixing it. And that that can be something that we get hooked on at the but we do that at the expense of frankly stability because if you if you think ahead and if you plan and you architect your solution it will actually be much more stable and you'll get to sleep more this is this is a really good point because i found the longer that i've been in this industry the less i actually physically do and the more i actually plan right so <laughs> that time that i spend that it would previously would have been you know, oh, I can get this in in five hours and it's working and functional and now it's in production and then spend the next three years, you know, applying Band-Aids and whatever. If I spent a week getting that into production instead and then I don't have to touch it for the next three years, that's a much better solution. Yeah. I mean, my experience with that was when I was with Vars. And so I completely hear that, Yvonne and, and Jordan as well, um, you know, wanting wanting that rush. And there's still a part of me that does want that a little bit and doing those massive cutover projects where, you know, everything is going south and you're doing the Hail Mary and saving the day. It's awesome. There's sometimes a bonus check involved too. And, you know, your, your, your skill set grows. Uh, so there's a lot of appeal there. But I don't know. 
there, it, when I was a kid, my dream wasn't, wasn't, I wonder what I could do where I could work as much as possible to the neglect of my family and my friends and my health sometimes. Uh, and then, you know, I'd make decent money. Now that wasn't my dream. So now that I'm getting a little older, right. Uh, and pushing 40, I'm thinking a little bit differently. So that's, a, that's something that I struggled with for a long time. And now just for the first time in my career, I'm sort of thinking, well, I'm not sort of, I'm definitely thinking, what can I do to make my life easier and work less, but get to have the same productivity? Um, so, you know, working smarter, not harder. And that's hard to do. But I have to admit that even now, uh, I still do a little compare and contrast with other engineers, whether they be coworkers or colleagues like, oh, you did a you did a 16 hour cutover. I, I did a 30 hour cutover. I, I'm a, I guess I'm, I'm the man and save the day, you know, and, and that's, that's silly. You know, what, what if you're just really that good and you got it done in, in four hours in the time allotted by the project manager. So in any case, I, I completely hear that. And the hero mentality just doesn't make any sense if you think about it from a business perspective. Right. Right. Yeah. So uh, another topic on ego uh, that I kind of want to chat about as well is this, this idea that being a good engineer makes you good at everything. Mm. Right? And so I've seen this. And so Phil, uh, I don't, I don't know if you've seen that, but you you seem to be agreeing with me. So you have any thoughts there? Yeah, I do. I mean, I've seen it myself. I've seen it in colleagues. I've seen it in the, in the industry and in social media, things like that. Um, but I, I know for myself, you know, when I'm sitting in a room with a project manager, account manager, maybe some other colleagues, and we're talking about a project, I know LSA types. I know all about K values. You don't know any of that stuff. You are all plebeians. So therefore, I must know everything about everything. There's, so I know- There's the nickel word for the there you plebeians, go. yes. Plebeians. Yeah, I was just saying, plebeians. and you also have a better vocabulary. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Some people pronounce it differently, but in any case, and therefore I know everything about project management and you know my Gantt chart is better than yours. And I know how to run you know this $4 billion company that we work for better than the CEO because I know, you know, uh, LSA types, we'll stick with that one, right? And that's kind of ridiculous, but I do catch myself in that. And I start to apply it in other areas like, you know, oh, you're having a problem with uh, the exchange server? Well, you know, I know all about ISIS levels. I obviously know everything about exchange and it's just not true. And, and let's, now, let's now talk about that in the context of non-technical people. If I'm in a meeting and there's a really sharp salesperson it, I don't believe that it's the default that because I'm the technical person, I'm therefore smarter than the salesperson. Uh, I might know about LSA types, but be very, very severely lacking in other areas. And I think that that's something that has been to my detriment. Um, and I've had to correct, you know, in, in those interpersonal, interpersonal relationships. And to be very transparent and honest, I think that's something that I've seen out in the industry as well. And uh, I, don't, I don't really buy it. Right. There's, there's kind of two facets to this, right? So there's the, uh, I'm an engineer in this particular vertical. And so that makes me a good engineer across the board, kind of like dismissing the value of engineers who've invested time into other, you know, specialties. Like you brought up exchange, man, you could spend a lifetime studying exchange. And I know that's kind of a thing going its way out, but you could spend a lifetime studying that and still have lots to learn. And yet we yeah. seem to think we know it all at times. And, and that gets, yeah, it's there. But the other thing, right, is, and I think you brought it up, this, this idea that, that engineering is more valuable than non-technical mm -hmm. components. Okay. I, mean, I see engineers look down at management often. Yeah, there's a I good point, right? Right, and I see, I see engineers look at sales and kind of scoff and marketing and scoff. But the reality is, is that all those people, you know, 
bring a piece together and they all have their own skills. Obviously we enjoy engineering. At least I hope you do. If this is what you do, you know, for your, for your job every day. Um, so, so yeah, of course we're going to be a little bit biased towards it, but I, I think it's, it's, you know, a, a bad thing to do to dismiss the abilities of others simply because of the fact that they do something that you don't deem as difficult as what you do. Yeah. Um, I, I think yeah. that the whole team is required because I'm pretty sure that if you were to take over that marketing project or take over the management position with the skills you have today, it would tank, <laughs> it would all tank and not go yeah. very well at all. And so. I know for me personally, what that means is that, yeah, you, you know, you kind of go to those meetings with a little bit more humility, more open-mindedness, listening to the rest of the team. But what that means for me in a very practical sense, and this is just me personally, so take it for what it is. When I go back to my desk and I'm with my coworkers or back when I was with a VAR and I'm going back to the, to the home office, I'm not just, you know, now that I'm out of it, of course I would never make fun of anybody during the meeting, but I got to, I got to carry that to now to, to my, to my cubicle area or, you know, to my main office when I'm not at the customer site and continue to be respectful and to continue to speak highly of, of, people that we're working with and not immediately default in like, let's just bash all the marketing people because they have no idea what they're doing. You know, that, that's just ridiculous. It's wrong. I, I will say, I, I feel like I have to say, I mean, Gilbert yeah. exists for a reason, right? I mean, we see the, the, the pointy haired manager and there yeah. are some cultural things and, and, and we've all seen that. But I also think if you've ever tried to lead a team or manage a team, what you find out is that when you're an individual contributor, all you have to think about is your work. And so you can go very deep. But when you are leading a team of four or five or 10 or 15 people, you can't think about, you can't think to that level of depth anymore because you're more concerned about what everybody else is doing. And then you also have your own work to do too. Yeah. So I think yeah. sometimes as engineers, we get a little myopic and we mm -hmm. explain something to our manager and they don't get it. Or they, we go, we have a conversation with them last week, which is exactly the same conversation we had with them yeah. this week. And they don't remember or there are details that are still lost on them. Yeah. And, and I think we underestimate the sheer volume of stuff that they have coming across their desks or through their ears. And we don't really understand what their job is. Yeah. Now. yeah. You know, and now those guys, there's some things they can do too. Um, but this show's not about them. It's about us. Right. And <laughs> so we should keep that in mind and, and communicate either maybe verbally, but also in a bulleted list. It's like, these are the highlights, mm -hmm. you know, because sometimes we can go so deep that their brain just clicks off because I, I don't need to know about LSA types, right? Tell me what I need to know. Yeah. And I think we fall down sometimes because we provide data and no analysis. We say, here's all the data, and we expect them to make that extra leap and do the analysis when they don't really have all the depth to do that as well as we do. And yeah. we do ourselves and our organization and our leader a disservice when we behave yeah. that way. Yeah. Do you remember that Saturday Night Live episode when Jimmy Fallon and I don't know whoever else, and he's the IT guy and he's trying to help somebody gets frustrated. And he's like, move and then pushes them out of the way and starts doing it. You remember that from a few years ago? Yes, absolutely. We have our, we as engineers, we have our own thing. This could be instead of the network collective, this could be the project manager management collective. And there could be a bunch hey. of PMs. <laughs> Sorry, but there could be a bunch of PMs saying, I can't believe those engineers, you know, they're always just like, oh, they think they know everything and push you out of the way. So, I mean, we, we do have our own, our own thing in the engineering realm, you know, us that we, I guess that's what the show is about, right? Looking in the mirror. 
So, <laughs> right. We we do plenty of we do plenty of finger pointing. I think in our day to day jobs. Yeah. I think it's good to be a little introspective from time to time. Yeah. yeah. I think it's interesting as well that I. It, it kind of just came off of what Yvonne said that we, we tend to give other engineers a lot more grace than we give people in other fields. Mm. Right. So like if a manager is incompetent, we just dismiss them. Uh, or if we feel that they're incompetent, I should say we have a bad experience, but if another engineer has some level of incompetence, but they've shown competence in other ways, like we pull them you know, to our side, we help mentor them. We want to teach them, you know, well, actually it's like this. Um, where for a manager, it's just like, oh, we don't ah, forget you. I don't want to deal with you. Like all management is bad. That guy needs to be fired. He doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think there's a bit of just, you know, not understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, I, I tend to believe that everybody can deserve a little bit more grace than what we tend to be willing to give you know, sure. immediately. Just, that's just a general life thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, it, I think it becomes easier when we're, we're familiar with, uh, oh, I recognize that because I've been through that. Maybe it was a few years ago and I'm not there now. Whereas I haven't been through, or, you know, I'm, I'm saying this from the point of someone who's only been an engineer, but I haven't been through that management track. So I don't understand how someone could trip and make that mistake. And so I end up being a lot less forgiving for it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's there's another thing here, I think, that kind of corollaries to this ego thing. And, and, and it may be a little bit different. Um, and that's information hoarding. And it's not in our notes. It's something that I just thought of, right, is, is the idea of information hoarding. So I, I've seen this, and I wouldn't say it's common or widespread. Maybe it is. I've seen it from time to time. But I've seen one way that people have made themselves feel important is to be the only person who knows something, right? And I, I, sometimes it's related to job security. And sometimes it's related to wanting to have that, you know, that ego of being the guy who's the guy who can do that thing. Um, but what do you guys think about that? Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, Yvonne, I'll, I'll, I have a thing. No, no, no. Go for it. Go for it. I was just going to say in a, in a group chat today, I saw somebody uh, type about uh, a person who uh, is always able to jump in and fix a problem, but then he only really reveals about half of what he really did to fix it. Nice. Right. So I'm going to give you a hint and I'm going to tell you part of it, but I'm not going to be transparent so that I can bring you along with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's frankly destructive behavior. It tears down the team. It doesn't uh, make anybody better. And it, it really, in a lot of ways, diminishes your value when you do that. Yeah. Well, um, it, it makes you stuck. So this, this is the thing that I was always taught is that, you know, you, if you can't be replaced, you can't be promoted. <laughs> Right. So if, if you have if you have any aspiration in your career to do something more than what you're doing now, don't hoard information because you're just going to get yourself stuck there. And so, you know, uh, along those lines, I think a lot of people, when they look at it from a career stability perspective, uh, you know, maybe it's a good strategy if you're completely comfortable with what you're doing and you don't want to go anywhere. But I don't at least that's not me. I'm not interested in saying stagnant. Right. So yep. I, I always want someone else who knows what I can do so that I can always move on to the next thing. But that doesn't help the old ego stroking. Come on, that right? <laughs> no, no. I've doesn't. been guilty of that too, where I'm like, I am the guy. You know, if if there's an issue, I'm gonna be the guy that gets called. I know I, I remember getting called in the middle of my my middle daughter's birthday party. And instead of like, I don't wanna leave, this is her birthday, I'm like, I am the guy. And I and I like, sorry, honey, I gotta go. And I rushed to the car. And how 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 stupid is that? So 
um, yeah, you know, that team sharing stuff that makes sense. It is good and it does build everybody up. And as that wave goes up, everybody in it goes up. I get that. But in our human condition, in our human frailty and the nonsense of the complexity of our, of our minds, uh, no, it doesn't feed our ego. <laughs> and I'm still guilty of that even today, even though I know better and I wish I wasn't. But, uh, you know, uh, and, and it might be not necessarily I know how to configure a certain thing or, or do a certain thing. It might be something silly like access to like specific access to information, to a spreadsheet, to maybe to um, information that I've gathered in previous projects or in a previous employment that would be helpful. And I got it stashed away in my Dropbox. I'm getting pretty specific now because you can see this is like real for me. You know? So you're storing um, your company's, previous company's proprietary data on Dropbox. Is that what I'm hearing? No, no. <laughs> but, but there might be like, uh, you know, how, how to configure a certain thing. And, you know, and there's other people that are working on that project in the organization. I could help with that, but, you know, I don't. And I, ha and I have templates to share or I have access like to, uh, all right, you know, what, what are the, all the, D I have a new person coming in. What are all the uh, DNS servers for the organization in the, you know, North American offices? I, I have a spreadsheet, but nobody else has it. And, you know, that's kind of a ridiculous thing, but you know, the, even, even that kind of simple information. So I think, uh, the next topic here, I think, is a little bit counter to ego, although it's part of ego. So, I mean, I guess, let me just frame it, right? I think that we often forget where we've come from. And so okay. I've, seen this, I've seen this a lot. So let me, let me explain what I mean by this. I've seen this a lot with really uh, successful people in, in, in the industry. I see them discouraging people from following the track that they took to get to where they are. And it's just so common to me. Like I just see it and I see it around certifications. I mean, if you want to see it specifically where I'm referencing, I've seen this a lot with CCIE and there's some valid okay. questions about yep. CCIE and its relevance going forward. But to say that it didn't really help you right, yeah. as, as part of your process. And meanwhile, you know, you have thousands of followers on Twitter, you have a blog, you have whatever, and all these things have, have, have helped you continue to be successful in your career. It just seems odd to me to be discouraging others mm. uh, from, from a path that was successful for you. I think that it could be a little bit more of a, of a nuanced conversation than what I see sometimes. What do you guys think? I don't think I've ever heard anyone explicitly say, this was how I did it. You should not do it. Like in those explicit terms. No. Uh, and I did, and I did write about this once where uh, it does leave, there's a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth when I hear, cause I've been working on a CCIE for a long time and at this point I'm reconsidering because of life. But in any case, uh, you know, in that process, you know, I did hear some of that advice and I rejected it and thought to myself, why is it that the folks that are the loudest about saying you should choose a different path this day and age are the ones that have CCIEs and built incredible careers? You know, it's kind of odd to me. Um, so there's a slight little bitterness in there, but nobody's really explicitly said you shouldn't go down this path to go down another path, but it's definitely implied by the industry right now. And, um, well, I mean, so let's let's take the certification thing out of it all to be. Well, to that, begin but that's with. a good yeah. that's a good example. That it is oh. right, but 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 let's take it out for a second and let's just okay. look at, at automation and orchestration right now. I mean, like these are the the big buzzword topics. Like, go learn a programming language and go do these things. Yet we're not encouraging the same people to go learn network fundamentals. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. Like to me, if I'm going to give advice to any person who's going to get into the network is to understand how TCP works. 
Like that's advice piece number one. And then after that, let's start talking about what a routing protocol actually does. What does spanning tree actually do? Now, whether that's, whether that's abstracted from you in future configurations is kind of irrelevant. You still need to understand what Mm -hmm. it does and how it works and how all these fundamental building blocks solve specific problems. Right. But I'm not hearing that from the general crowd. I'm hearing go learn a programming language. And so I think we follow these trends and forget to tell people that the reason why people call me in to help them with their networks is because I understand how TCP works and I understand spanning tree works and i know what routing protocols actually do and how they should work when they're operational and so like these are the things that real people are using right now and so i I guess i look at this and i just kind of see you know it it just seems odd to me and i'm I'm, that's the reason why i brought it up is because it just seems that dichotomy with ego but at the same time uh, why do we seem to forget that these are the things that helped us get good at what we do do you think that that's starting to balance out a little bit just in recent days Yes, I mean we get pushed back I, on hype, and we're going to talk about hype cycle in a minute. So okay, we okay. Can, we can recon- I feel like it's starting to get balanced out a little <laughs> bit, which is I'm, I'm encouraged by. Right. Well, and so uh, with the automation example, right? So yeah. if you get really good at automation, but you don't understand the network, you're just going to break a lot of things really fast. Yep. Um, and and that's something that we need to understand. You know, good automation is a great thing. And I don't want to be, um, I don't want to discourage that at all, because no. I think that helps us get away from the hero mentality that we talked about. And we build a system that tells us what, how the network should work, as opposed to it being my little own artisanally handcrafted thing but at the same time if i don't understand like you said spanning tree that if i drop this port or if i make a configuration change here in this way i'm going to cause a reconvergence event or Mm -hmm. we're going to lose a neighbor relationship you know and then my phone's really going to ring especially if i cause that to happen at any kind of scale um so i uh, yes Automation adds another layer of challenge. It doesn't necessarily, at least on the front end, remove the need to know network fundamentals. Yeah. Maybe at some point we'll get to this panacea, which I'm sure we're going to talk about in a minute, where everything's intent-based and we just talk into our iPhone and tell it we want our network to do and it'll go do it and we can yep. all go have dinner. But yeah. um, we're still a long way away from that. Yeah, yeah. If, I, if I, I, would, I would argue that at minimum, we're a career away from that. If people are getting into it now, expecting yeah. that halfway through their career, they're going to be doing that. I think they're misguided. Yeah. I, think, I think that that's definitely the way that we're headed. And we'll see, you know, hints and pieces of that. And it, this definitely isn't meant to be a, a scripting or automation show. But, uh, but the idea, you know, the idea that we don't need to learn fundamentals or that the things that apply to us as we are kind of up and coming in our careers don't apply to the people who are up and coming now, I think is kind of foolish. And, and in that, it makes me wonder why, <laughs> why yeah. are, are we just following a trend, right? Is that why we're giving advice, the advice that we're giving or a lot of the time? Yeah. And, that, and that's, isn't that, that's the truth, right? Cause it generates, uh, it's, it's good to generate new content. It's good because the conversation is the conversation you want to be part of it. Maybe this is part of the ego conversation still, <laughs> maybe all of this is, uh, <laughs> but, but absolutely. And so, you know, I, I, I don't hear and so to go back to your original question or your original statement of, of folks not kind of encouraging the learning of the basics and the fundamentals, you know, I don't know if that if that's occurring in the in the way that you mentioned that that there are folks that are not giving those guiding principles that are not saying, hey, here's here's how you can. You know, I'll go out and say I hardly ever hear it. Well, I, I think it's changed. So now you're saying, hey, yeah, go go learn Python or hey, do this. And and the nature of social media has certainly changed in the last five years, right? A lot of the conversations that were public are more private now. 
And so, uh, so I don't know, I don't know if it's completely a void of that, but yeah, it's changed. I agree with that part. Um, uh, so maybe the fundamentals that I'm hearing are, oh yeah, you need to go learn to code. And that's basically what I hear preached constantly in social media. And to me, that's still a fundamental thing and still valuable. Oh, and you can build it's a career. One, one piece, right? But it like, is one piece. Yeah, right? It is one piece, yeah. But what, if, I, but what if the conversation was you need to learn, you know, TCP IP, how to configure, uh, you know, OSPF and do all these things. And nobody ever mentioned learning how to program. There'd still be a missing piece. I guess I'm playing the devil's advocate here yeah. a little bit, you know. That's fine. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. So I mean, I I, I didn't. I to be quite honest, you know, like when I added this, the show notes, I don't know how I fully feel about it, but I just you know, I don't see. I'm seeing this. I'm seeing this trend, right? Like yeah. it just it just seems like I'm sitting here and I'm like, this is not what I would say to new people. This is not what I, like. It's not what I personally would say. Yeah. But my path is only my path. So am I missing something, or is this an ego thing, or is yeah. this a, what, what is this? And, and I think it's probably wrapped up in a lot of those different things. Oh, it's very complex. It's human yeah. beings, right? We're right. so messed up. I can agree with you on one particular point, though. And that's this idea that the folks that do kind of stand out in my mind as, as driving home this mantra lately have built their careers on traditional networking and, and probably still do back in the back end. Maybe there's a mixture of things going on. And so in that sense, I do agree with you because I, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm only in 10 years now, but I, I have students at the local community college where I teach and I tell them very specifically, you guys need to get your CCNA. You need to learn VMware. I mean, these are vendors, right? Oh my goodness. I thought we weren't supposed to be, you know, all vendor agnostic was the thing now, but I'm telling them this because I know that they can go get a, a great help desk job and, and get out of retail or whatever they're doing. So I, that in that sense, like the folks that are out there that are making a great living that are, that are, um, uh, putting cool stuff out there that are doing really interesting projects. There's kind of a, there's kind of a disconnect between how they built their career, what they're doing right now and then what they're saying, because that stuff is still valid. Is, is that kind of more what you meant, Jordan? Yes, absolutely. You said okay. something in there that I, that is, is, is going to more solidify my point. And then as you called it legacy network, but we are not removing IP. We are not removing TCP or UDP from our network, right? Like the fundamental things, the things that are fundamentals are not legacy. They're the things we're still using. They're still in our networks. We still Wait, I don't think I said legacy though. You did. You said, or, or traditional, maybe traditional. I, okay. Like, fair enough. Fair right? enough. Right. So the idea is, you know, we're looking at abstract them away, but that doesn't mean we don't need to understand them. Um, and so I, I just, yeah. you know, and maybe this is, when, maybe this is its own show. Like, like, <laughs> what, like what, what, what should we be talking about when we talk about, you know, up and coming network engineers and how should we, what should we be encouraging them to learn? But uh, in there, I mean, this idea that, that what has been true is not going to be true in the future is just ridiculous to me. We're just abstracting it away. We're hiding it, but hiding it doesn't mean it disappears. It just means no. we don't look at it every day. In fact, we've all been in those, in the, in those uh, vendor presentations and, and read some of the vendor blogs and you're listening to them and how they're abstracting that configuration away. And as they're talking, they're talking about what they're abstracting. And it always dawns on me, wow, these go, guys know a lot about networking. Like they're going really deep. Like they really know they have serious networking jobs. So yeah, it's not gone. And yeah, this could definitely be its own show. <laughs> okay. So we won't, we won't harp on that one anymore. So, but yeah, that, that's a good one. Can I, so, can I make one observation? Cause y'all haven't absolutely. let me get a word in edgewise. Oh, I'm sorry, Yvonne. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Please. Now, I, one, one thing that occurred to me as you guys were talking is that, and I think this is a human nature thing. Mm -hmm. I'm in the throes of race teenagers who are learning to be adults and it's easy for us who have been adults for a while 
to forget all the things that we had to learn to be adults. And I think that's a lot of what's going on in the industry, right? Like you get into your career 10 or 20 years and all that stuff that was so hard for you in the beginning is just not hard anymore. So it's not on your list of things. Like maybe automating our network seems more hard because maybe we've not all done that yet. But so I think there needs to be some balance to try and relate and talk to newer engineers. Mm. What are these guys that have been in the in the in networking for two years, three years, these folks studying for their CCNA? What are they struggling Mm -hmm. with to try and help to relate to them? Because I think like I see um, my kids flip out every now and then over something that in my mind is like, really? Like you should know how to do that. And then later I realize, oh, this is new for them. So it's hard. And I think we miss that um, even as network yeah. engineers. So. Yeah. Jordan, I write some notes down. This is, this is show prep for show whatever 20. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, so, so moving on, um, we, we did, we did talk about some human nature things in there. And, and I think that one of the things that we do is we get in the weeds um, and we love engineering, but we don't love the other stuff that supports engineering. So let's, let's talk about this, you know, I, and this to me is really, really, really common. So I'm very happy to go out there and say, I see this all the time. And that's engineers who just do not have any of the other soft skills or some level of, of, of non-competence in that area. Um, I mean, is this something you're seeing all the time as well, or am I just running into I'm pretty terrain. sure we could get rid of all the other uh you know parts of the business we really only need the engineers we're the right only that's it <laughs> really counts and matters and you know as long as I have my headphones <laughs> hot pockets and my Mountain Dew you know and leave me alone you know, we're good no stereotypes no. here none <laughs> no but that's I mean, my favorite one <laughs> but but no but things about you know things like uh communication skills being able to do yeah. technical writing and, and documentation yeah. and uh, you know, being able to not drool on a desk because you're doing your work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, like, that's the, that's yeah. the, you know, that's the stereotype of the engineer, right? The engineer is like really, really smart, but, you know, can't take a shower. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's crazy, right? And yeah. so, you know, this is one of those things, like, I think that, you know, it needs to be said and it has to be said over and over and over again, because we love getting in the weeds with our technology, but that yeah. is not the only part of our job. Yeah, you're right. Right. We have right. to be able to communicate and we have to work on those things. There's a leadership component. Even if your job is not to be a leader, if, if you're not a manager or team leader or whatever, guess what? You're still a leader. You're still expected to take things, run with them and be responsible for them and then communicate them up the chain. You have to learn how to manage those things. There's a component of project management. You have to know how to manage projects, not to the level that someone who does it full-time does. Like it's not what I'm saying, but you have to be able to take tasks, prioritize them, communicate about them, get help, get over obstacles, complete them Mm -hmm. and pass them along, right? Like there's there's certain components and you cannot live in your hole as an engineer without these other skills. It's just absolutely. No, you're right. Very few of the projects that we work on are completely alone on our own. So the interpersonal component is, is, is critical. And even if you're not a senior position, right? And you know, you've only been in the industry for seven years or something like that, and you're working in an enterprise somewhere in a corner cubicle, and you're doing a, you know, a new phone deployment, or you know, you're standing up a few VMs, whatever, uh, you're, you're interacting with those other folks. And um, you know, I think we could probably agree that a decent manager is going to empower that engineer, though not necessarily a project manager or some super high level senior architect uh, to, to own their project. 
and, and figure it out and get it done. You know, maybe, maybe report some deliverables and whatever else along the way. So there's absolutely a project management component. There's absolutely the interpersonal component. I got to talk to the storage guys. All right. Um, how about this? I got to get stuff from the storage guys, not just interact <laughs> with them, but I need to get, you know, some facilitate some, some uh, action there. So absolutely. Um, and that's, that's what I believe. That's one of the things that I believe separates, you know, a good engineer who knows all about the packets and stuff like that. Right. Um, from a really great engineer who can actually get the project done. You know, there, there, there's a difference there. One is that I can configure this thing, this snippet, and I know the code to crank in there or to put in there. And the other one is I can get this project done, make the customer happy, get the project completed, whatever, fill in the blank. Right. One of the things, so and and this yeah. has become my hobby horse, because I get so frustrated at being in meetings with people, and then you get out of the meeting, and they'll come over to you and go, "This is never going to work," and they'll mm. give you all these really thought out uh, concepts for why it's a bad idea. But mm-hmm. they sat in that meeting, or they sat on that phone call, and they kept their mouth shut the entire time, yeah. and so they sit there, and in their own minds, they are smarter than everybody else in the call because they knew it was going to work and they saw that it was not going to the right direction. But then they sat there and kept their mouth shut. And and at some point, I do that. Sometimes. We have to have some <laughs> courage to yeah. say, and not in an arrogant way, yeah. not in a "Hey, I know better than you," but "Hey, I was thinking through this, and what about this thing?" Is, is this going to work with that? And have we thought about, and, and I, I've never worked in an environment where somebody has been fired for asking an honest, legitimate mm. question. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. I've been that person who didn't want to say anything. And I know for me, I don't know about you or for anybody else. It's because I'm scared of being wrong and looking like an idiot. And so, Absolutely. yes, back to ego. Uh, yes, here we are. But what I've learned, and I'm, I hope I'm doing that less, because what I've learned, especially being part of the networking community, the social community, and talking about imposter syndrome and things like that over the over the years, is that if I'm asking a question, I'm probably not the only person thinking that, or it's not as stupid as I think it is. And if it is a stupid question. Nobody cares that much. We're going to move on in about three seconds. Nobody really cares. It's like, oh, no, that's fine. We're good. Okay, next next point. So maybe I take myself too seriously. But yeah, I, I've been there, Yvonne. I know, I know exactly what that's like. And that, I think I'm struggling with it less, but it's still there. All right. So, uh, so our next one, I think, was probably going to be our final topic for the show. It's, it's one that's near and dear to my heart. Um, mainly because <laughs> I just think it's all been pretty near and dear to your heart, Jordan, it felt like. Well, yeah, I'm passionate about some things. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's this idea of the hype cycle. Okay. And, and, right. And, and so, you know, we joke about it. Like, you know, Gartner's got their, got their, their chart of the hype cycle. I don't know if they invented it. just said Gartner. Just, I, I don't know. I know that, yeah, I know. Right. But, but, you know, we all, we all, what is it? The trough of disillusionment. <laughs> is that the actual term for it? I love it. That's an actual technical term on that chart, by the way. But, uh, but this idea that uh, we spend an awful lot of time considering things that aren't coming for another five or 10 years, <laughs> like to the point where, and so I'll just, you know, I'll just throw it out there. This is, this is what happens to me. Especially because I'm, I'm, you know, probably more tightly involved, right, with with this community of bloggers and what are called influencers, which I'm not a huge fan of that term. But the the idea of, you know, people who are generating content and right, people like to talk and and write and podcast yeah. about the new stuff. 
the exciting stuff, the things that are coming out. Mm-hmm. And so we, we all get talking about it and get super hyped up about it. And like we either love it or hate it, but that's all we talk about. Um, and then we go to our jobs and we're still applying the VLAN Very statements, <laughs> right? And we're still doing ACLs by hand. And every once in a while we automate a thing or two, but it's, it's minor. And, and then we go, well, but, but we're not doing those things. And there, and we look and it's like, well, the whole community is talking about it. There's gotta be other people doing these things. And there probably, there probably are, but yeah. I, I think we make a bigger deal out of these new things and what they really are. And then I think we end up being discouraged with our jobs and not just us. And so I say us collectively, the three of us are part of this community where we, you know, we have, we have this podcast and we talk about things all the time. Yeah. Right. And so we are yeah. part of this community, but even we get discouraged, but I think even more so the people who are watching, listening and consuming the content are getting discouraged because they're going to their job every day and their job is doing <laughs> traditional networking, right? Like yeah. the things we've done for the yeah. past 25 years. And, and, and the reality is, is that most people are there and then they're like, Oh, I want something else because this isn't, this isn't helping me get ready for the future. And the reality is, is that, you know, people don't rip and replace right away and things take a long time to get in there. And yes, we should absolutely pay attention to things that are mm-hmm. new, but man, like, I just feel like we do so much damage with this hype cycle and getting so excited about stuff. That's just, it's not going to end up in networks for a decade from the time we start talking about it. Yeah. But I don't know. How do you guys feel about it? Well, I can think um, of a few exceptions. Uh, you you want to go first? No, go ahead, Phil. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think I can think of a few exceptions where it sort of like broke out of the gate. And now we're a lot of people are doing SD-WAN and a lot of people are starting to automate sections of their network, if not their entire access layer, for example. So I think there are a couple of exceptions where we're seeing that. I agree with you, but I do also want to play the devil's advocate just a little bit. I'm, oh, thinking, about, I'm thinking about like the concept of F1 racing, right? I'm not a big racing guy, but I know, you know, some of the technology that's developed for F1 racing or whatever other type of racing, think about any other kind of technology uh, that is meant for that. It's super high end and fancy and expensive, but every once in a while, some of that technology that's applicable to like the, the, the normal everyday type of a person trickles down to the Toyota Camry in your driveway. And so though there's a, a, a large amount of stuff going on in the industry as far as trends and buzzwords and things that we can you know, pinpoint, where does this go in the hype cycle? You know, some of those things do trickle down. Some of those things dissolve and there are people trying and, and they, or they morph into something else, right? Um, but I do agree with you though, as far as, you know, we, we look at uh, social media, we look at we, those different types of, of outlets, we say, oh, this is cool. We go back to our jobs and we are disillusioned, disappointed. I experience that all the time. So that's something that I struggle with. And I, I got to say, it, my solution to that is to kind of like what you were saying is just to sort of stop and understand what the reality is, get real. And then remember, and this is something we haven't talked about. Maybe this is yet another show. And remember that uh, it's okay to be passionate about your job as a network engineer, but it's not my entire life. What if I am just doing, and I say just in air quotes, traditional networking, and, and, and I have a great job until I retire? Is that okay? That's hypothetical. The answer is yes. <laughs> I love what I do. I am passionate about it. I write about it. I'm doing this with you guys. I love what I do. But you know, I'll tell you right now, if somebody was like, Phil, we need you to never touch a router again and do this other thing over here and sweep floors for a million bucks a year, I'm like, okay, where's the broom? You know, it, it's, I'm, I love it, but it's not like my undying, never ending passion to the extent where I, you know, uh, ignore my family and do all these other things. So that's part of that for me is that I'm, I'm a little, you know, uh, uh, read about really cool technology, wish that I was doing what that guy was doing. 
and probably making what that guy is making. And then I'm disillusioned with my own job. And then I realize who cares? You know, this is fine. I'm doing, I'm doing good work. We're putting in a new thing. You know, this is meaningful to me. I was expecting you playing devil's advocate that you'd actually be more critical of my point. I think it kind of reinforced it. Yeah. <laughs> well, in, you, know, in, 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 you did but, get that, that minor devil's advocate part in the beginning though, that I'm not completely again, like the hype cycle has elements of stuff that will have, you know, some of it will trickle down. In, in, in more. I'm not saying okay, that. I'm, maybe I'm, in a decade. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not That's saying true. that. I'm not saying that the content that, that people are creating is fictitious. It's real, right? Like we've talked about automation. It's a real thing. It's going to happen. It is happening. And it's slowly happening in most orgs. And some, some are doing it more so. Um, but we, how long have we been talking about it? How long have Yang models and all these things been around? Um, I can tell you it's been a very long time if you want to go back to the IETF standards and look at when those things were created, right? Um, so, it's just, I think, I think perspective is the word. And mm. I think, I think that we get very excited as, as a group of influencers, and I'll just include myself in that. Um, uh, uh, we get very excited about it. We talk about it like it's here today. I think just a little bit of perspective would be helpful. Um, but I also understand that, you know, it, when we're talking about things, like we're not like, oh, this is really cool, but you're not going to see it for 10 years. That's a really bad blog post. <laughs> Right. Like, I think, well, I think that's and, the point. So it just loses the interest. It's also a bad way to sell gear if you're a vendor. Yeah. Ooh. And, and there's, there's, <laughs> there's a, another little truth there. And that is most of us who create content, we want people to read it. And people want to read about the new stuff. They don't want to read yet another post about EIGRP. Yep. Right. Um, and so as a content creator, you sit around and go, yeah, there are pl- people Google, there are plenty of posts out there about EIGRP. They can go read uh, documents. They can go to Cisco's website. They can go to Choose Your Vendor's website. Um, I want to write about something that people want to read about. Um, and so we can sometimes contribute to that hype cycle. Um, but I really believe that if we want change and if we believe that there's change that's needed in the industry, mm-hmm. we have to talk about it like it's a thing. And so while I understand Jordan's point, and I think we do all experience disillusionment with our our VAR job or our enterprise job where we're just doing, you know, configuring VLANs on switch ports, um, that we do have to in some ways – lead and we lead with ideas and we talk about how great they would be. So for me, in my mind, it's a balancing act between those two things. Like how do I, how do I stay relevant, but also how do I say this is a great thing and this is a thing that's going to help us be better and it's going to make the business better. Um, And and it's a balance. Mm-hmm. It's perspective. It's perspective on both sides, right? So if, if we're consuming that content, yeah, I'm the same way. I don't want to read about the same old stuff. I want to read about the new stuff. And so when I read, I'm reading about things that I don't know about, which tend to not be traditional networking. Sure. Right? They tend to be things that are are, are newer. Um, and so part of that's on me, right? Part of that's on me to, to put into perspective that I'm pursuing content that interests me, but may end up not being the best for job satisfaction. <laughs> the other side, the other side though, is then in the content creation. I mean, I think we can, we can tone down the hype a little bit or, or provide a little bit more perspective as we're creating these things, not to, not to dismiss them, but to present it the exact way that, that you said, Yvonne, this is a great idea. It may not be here today, but we should absolutely pursue this is different than, oh my word, automate all the things. Like those are two different approaches, right? And I, you know, which one I think is happening right now versus the other. That's, that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up. Yeah. Yeah. There's some definitely, 
There's some balanced voices out there though that I appreciate. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, like back to the I, disclaimer. This doesn't yeah. apply to everybody. Well, no, no, no. Right? I, I only say that to mean that um, you know, you can fine tune your feeds. <laughs> and, uh, you know, <laughs> you can fine tune your feeds. Uh, you know, there's there's it's the same thing with TV, you know. Oh, TV is not good. Why? Well, because of those three bad shows. Yeah, but what about these awesome shows over here? Um, no, we don't really watch TV in my house, but you get my idea, right? I completely so, in that same sense, uh, I do think that there are some good voices out there that are starting to be a little bit more critical in a healthy way. Uh, I, I know that in, in recent days, up until just very recently, I was being cynical, not critical. Critical, I, when I say critical, I mean critical in a healthy way. Uh, I, but I was being more cynical, like, oh, I roll heaven. Um, and that's not healthy. Uh, but being, you know, critical in a healthy way and looking at, all right, what's going on with this technology? Is it really applicable? Is it really that far out? Uh, what's the business case, that kind of thing? That That's a good thing. And and I'm starting to see more of that. You know, I'm, I'm encouraged. So I, I don't think that the hype cycle should be driving vendors or at least vendors should be, or, or rather not vendors, uh, decision makers in IT departments like us. I know I'm, I am one. I make decisions on, on gear and, and direction. Um, and, and the hype cycle, the term that we've been using affectionately this evening, uh, should not be a factor in that, I don't think. Um, so. But I will say, like, I had yeah. a moment in the last month where I felt like a vendor was coming in and it was buzzword bingo. We're going to oh, yeah. SDN and NFV and intent based all the things. <laughs> and, and I sort of had a moment that I kind of later regretted where I sort of pushed that person and said, really, come on tell me what we really need. Like, what's, what's the real thing? Like stop with the buzzwords. And, and yeah. I think I probably went a little overboard and it was because of this thing that we're talking about mm. because the, the hype cycle just got to the point where I'm like, just stop. I don't, I don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah. And, uh, and that's not, that's not good and that's not healthy. So. So you really let them have it, huh? Kind of, yeah. I mean, I, I wish really, I, 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 I kind of had to, I had to make peace later, and we did end up friends by the end of the uh, by the end of our time together. But, but I did kind of feel bad about it. Yeah, yeah, I've been there too, and and called them on it in a, a slightly aggressive way. You know, I remember meeting with a vendor a little over a year ago, and they talked about bare metal SDN and things, and I'm like, "Can you explain that to me?" You know, it's bare metal SDN on premise. I'm like, on premise, we're going to go there too, huh? <laughs> and uh, it was it, all the buttons. Yes. It was all an in-person yep. yep. in meeting. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I twisted a little bit and tried to pry and they didn't know how to answer. And I realized I'm a jerk. I'm that engineer that's trying to make them look, you know, that's not, that's not cool. So, but in any case, I know what you mean, Yvonne. All right. With that, I think that uh, that's going to wrap it up for us today. Uh, yeah. As evidenced by this episode, less people does not equal less time. So, uh, but I think the content was great. So hopefully, uh, hopefully you all appreciate it. Um, before we close out, I want to give uh, my co-hosts here an opportunity to tell you where they can find them. Yvonne, where can people yeah, find you? Yeah, you? you can find me on the blog at esharp.net or on Twitter at Sharp Network. And you, Phil? You can find me on Twitter at network underscore Phil and my blog networkphil.com. All right. I'm at BC Jordo on Twitter and uh, my blog is jordanmartin.net. 
Uh, if you've made it this far, there's just a couple of things uh, I would like you, I'd like to ask you to consider doing. Uh, first, if you like our show and you want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. We're on all the regular social channels. We're Net Collective PC on Twitter. You can find us for searching for uh, Network Collective on Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, also, if you haven't done so yet and you and you like what we're doing, we could really help uh, use your help getting the word out about uh, what we're doing here. We are found primarily on YouTube and iTunes. So, you know, like, comment, share, subscribe, uh, all that type of stuff would be awesome. Uh, also, reviews on iTunes help get the word out as well. So we really appreciate you guys, uh, and thanks for listening.